Hello. Good morning. Is everyone, no? Nobody's having a good morning? Good morning? Okay, yeah, yeah, good morning. It's a good morning. Awesome. Hello. Well, my name is Brittany, in case you don't know me, and I'm Brittany. So, um, I am the young adult coordinator here at the Springs, and I'm just super thankful to be sharing the word with you guys today, um, because God is good, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a little bit about me, because, you know, when somebody's up here that you don't really know, you're like, who are they? You know, like, who is this person right here? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I do. But, um, so my name is Brittany, right? And a little bit about me. This is like a brief, brief introduction of myself. I was born and raised in New York. I moved when I was 11 to Florida. I lived in Florida until I graduated in college my, with my bachelor's degree back in December. I know some of you are like, did she say bachelor's degree? She looks like she's 12. I promise I'm not. I'm 13. I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> But uh, I graduated back in December, and I picked up all of my belongings, and I moved to St. George, Utah in January. And um, I knew two people here, and I met them two months before I moved. So, so Utah is all new. Um, I've been here for five months, and it's hot. <laughs> I'm from Florida, and I get the heat, but, like, desert heat is different than humid heat. Like, humid heat, you walk out and you feel like you're still taking a shower. Um, hot heat, you walk out and you feel like you're dying. So, I really don't know which one's better. You know, you walk out and say, oh, I can't breathe. Um, I feel like Spongebob in that one. I don't know if you guys, uh, Spongebob, where he's like, I do. Anyways, that wasn't in my notes. I don't know where that came from. But, so, um, I'm just super thankful and honored that, uh, to be given this opportunity by Pastor Brian and Emily. And, and so, can we just give it up for our pastors who are just, you know, incredible and they love us so much. Awesome. So today we are continuing our series called Running with the Giants. And if this is, you haven't been here for any of this series or um, this is your first time here, I'll explain to you what this means. Uh, Running with the Giants. So essentially, the theme verse for this series is we've been looking over the past several weeks. I think it's been four weeks so far. This is the fifth week. And um, the theme verse for this is Hebrews 12.1, which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight, 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 weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So essentially, this verse is talking about um, all of the people, all of the believers who have run this race before us. Right, all of us in here, we're running a race. We're we're trying to finish this thing, right? Um, but there are people who have run it before us, and so that those people are the great cloud of witnesses. And so this series, running with the giants, is we're taking people who have already run that race. We're picking them up out of the Bible, and we are sort of seeing what they would teach us. Like if they if if we're running out of track. Right? I hope you guys know what a track is. Um, we're running on a track, and all of the people who have already run the race are sitting in the grandstands. We take them out of the grandstands for a moment, and they run a, ra- they run a lap with us. And what would they tell us if they were running that lap with us? And so we're going to look at um, a woman today. Woohoo! Um, but before we do that, I'm going to pray so that I don't freak out. So... Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Um, I thank you for this opportunity. We just give this time to you, Lord, that whatever you want to do, that you would do. 
And so um, we just thank you. We love you. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So today we are looking at a character, and her name is Mary. And some of you are like, which Mary? There's like 10 of them. Um, right? So when Pastor Brian first told me about this, Honesty Hour, I thought he was talking about Mary Magdalene, and I got so excited. Because I was like, Mary Magdalene is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And then I found out it was Mary, like the mother of Jesus. And I was like, uh, you know, like, what's so special about her? I mean, she's the mother of Jesus. But um, <laughs> that's a little special. But so um, we don't really, you know hear a lot about who this Mary woman is, right? Like, we understand that she was the mother of Jesus. Some people pray to her. Some people, you know, like, um, it's just the Virgin Mary, you know? Like, we don't have this huge understanding of who Mary is. But I want to take the time today to, to really look at who Mary was. Because there's only a little bit in Scripture about what we see who she is. But I think that little bit tells us so much. And it made me ask the question, right? Like, if, if somebody were only to write just a little bit about me, if somebody could only look at a little bit about my life, what would they say? Would it be that I followed Jesus? Would it be that I cared about Jesus? Would it be that I loved Jesus? Or would it be that I loved the things of the world? What would that little blurb about your life say if somebody could only say it in a few sentences? And so that's just a question to ponder as we are talking about Mary today. So, who was Mary? Who was Mary? Right? We have all these conceptions about who Mary was, but who really was she? And so we're going to look at that. So firstly, Mary was human. What? Um, I think sometimes when we think about the mother, mother of Jesus, Mary, we're like, She had to have been this, like, you know, spiritual, crazy angel lady, you know? Like, you ever seen those? Every picture of Mother Mary you see, she's like, it's it's creepy, kind of. (laughs) But it is a little creepy. I don't know if I will. My mom just every time, yes. Um, But (laughs) Mary was human, right? There's, There's not a specific verse in the Bible that's like, Mary was a human. But we can see... That, that in scripture, that Mary had no deity. She was not a god. She was not above all the rest of us. She was human just like you and me. She had choices just like you and me. She had free will just like you and me, right? And so um, we see her, her humanity in Luke 1, uh, verse 29, and Luke 2, 41 through 51. And I'm just going to go through a whole bunch of different characteristics of Mary. Um, and I'm going to give you scripture to back it up so you don't think I'm just pulling these out of nowhere. Um, Mary had favor with God, Luke 1 verse 30. Mary was trusting of God, Luke 1 verse 38. Mary believed God, Luke 1:45. Mary was encouraged by other people, um, and that's also important. You need people to encourage you. Luke 1, 42 through 45. Mary worshiped, Luke 1, 46 through 55. Mary was aware of what was to come, Luke 2, 34 through 35. There's a lot. Mary was a great mother, Luke 2, 41 through 45. Mary had natural human responses, just like us, Luke 2, 48 and 50. Mary treasured memories in her heart in Luke 2, 51. And Mary was submissive, yet she was full of choice. And we see this simply by the way that she lived her life. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Um, you don't have to open your Bible, but it will be on the screen for you. Um, and, and we're just going to read. So <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, talking about the birth of Jesus. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, or engaged, um, ready to you know, get married, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to, per- to put her to shame, he was, he was a great dude, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. He's talking about Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But knew her not, means consummated the marriage. He knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, the scripture looks like it's a lot about Joseph, but I've probably read this scripture like, I don't know, a dozen times in my life. And um, never once did I ever pay attention to verses 22 and 23. And they say this all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Mary was the fulfillment of a prophecy. Like, I, I just, like, that blew over my head. I was like, oh, you know, Mary, Mary, God just chose, Mary was a fulfillment of a prophecy, right? It was a prophecy that was spoken of her, like, centuries before she was even born. And so, I think the first thing, that if Mary was running alongside of us, I think the first thing that she would want us to know is that she didn't choose the calling, God chose her. See, yes, Mary was the fulfillment of a prophecy, right? But, but she could have said no. She was human. She had, she had the ability to tell God no, right? So, so God had this plan for her set way before she was even thought of, but she had the ability to say no to it, but she didn't. She chose God. And so if we look at Luke chapter 1, there's a lot of scripture today because I, th- I feel like, you know, some scripture, sh- scripture can preach better than I can. So Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and we're going to read this. And, and when we read this, put yourself in, like, Mary's shoes for a second, right? Like, you're, like, between the ages of 12 and 14, which sounds crazy to us now because we're like, 12 and 14-year-olds, they should not be getting married, you know? But, like... Back then, that was the culture. You have to understand the culture. What is, what is going on? This is a, this is a girl who's, who's about to be married, right? And it says this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. I think it would be cool to have an angel come to me named Gabriel. Um, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be, as I would too. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? Duh. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, 
the child will be born. Uh, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. If I was Mary, I would have done the complete opposite. I would have been like, you want to do what? Like, you want, your Holy Spirit is going to put a baby in here, and, like, he's going to be the son of God. Like, you want me to raise the savior of the world? Like, I, I would have much more questions than Mary asked right here. You know, I'd be like, um, can we just pause for a second? Like, before I say yes, like, what does this entail, right? Like, imagine raising the Savior of the world. I mean, we are all called to something in here, but thank God we're not raising the Savior of the world. Can I say amen to that, you know? Like, oh, man, I would not want that responsibility. But Mary was crazy. I mean, this girl, like, she, I mean, but, like, a crazy faith. A crazy belief, a crazy trust. And if, and if that's something that we can learn from her, I mean, she gets told that she's a virgin and she's going to have a baby from the Holy Spirit and he's going to be the Savior of the world. And she says, I'm the servant, Lord. What, whatever you want to do. That's Mary's reaction. It's a crazy reaction to us. But I think sometimes in our lives, we hear a word from God about what we're supposed to be doing. Or, or we hear a word, uh, we're reading his word, and he, you know, he tells us, you know, like, go help the orphans. Go, f- go feed, the, feed the homeless, right? And, and we're like, no, <laughs> right? But we have this reaction that is very similar to what I would have done, right? It's fleshly. It's like, no, God, I can't do that. That's, that's too big for me. I can't handle that. That's not, that's not what I'm called to. There's no way that I can do this. But the thing is, is that God isn't asking us to have it all figured out. He's just asking us to be obedient. He's just asking us to, to choose him, right? Because Mary made this choice. God chose Mary first, but Mary chose God. Because if, if it's not love if Mary didn't have a choice, right? Like sometimes I feel like some people are like, God just forces himself on you. No, he doesn't. God will reveal himself to you. He will show himself to you so that you can choose him. But he's not going to make you do anything because that's not love. That's abuse. And so so we see this in Mary, that God chose her first way before she was even born. But she chose God. So, yes, Mary was chosen, right? But why was she chosen? Right? God could have chosen any woman during that period of time to be the mother of Jesus, but he chose Mary. And why? Why did he choose Mary? And it was because of her character. See, I think the second thing that if Mary was running on the track with us, she would tell us that character matters. Luke 1, 46 through 55. This is after, um, so, so she gets told all this, right? And she agrees to it, right? Then she goes to her cousin Elizabeth, who was also uh, was barren and now has a child because of the Lord. And she goes to her cousin Elizabeth, and Elizabeth just, like, encourages her so much. She's like, yes, you're blessed. This is from the Lord, right? And I think also uh, um, we, we need to have people in our lives that when 
Things seem a little crazy to us, but they're totally not crazy to God, that we need people in our lives who are going to encourage us and spur us on and tell us, hey, you got this. Hey, you're called to this. Hey, there's more for you, right? Like we need to have those people in our lives who are going to encourage us in our walks with God. And so this is right after this. This is Mary's response. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. See, verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord. Right, Mary's character first and foremost magnified the Lord. She didn't care what she had to do. She just wanted to serve him. It wasn't out of an obligation. It was out of a love for him. And so I think some of us desire to do things for the Lord, Right, We desire to do things for the Lord, but we do them because we feel obligated to. We, we spend our time, like right, we, we read the Bible and we're like, oh, it's just a book of rules and regulations of what I can't touch. Right, Like, okay, can't do that, can't do that, but I guess I can sort of do this. Right, But if we spend our time tiptoeing around God, we're never actually going to walk in freedom. We're just going to walk you know, hoping that maybe I'm doing this thing right, maybe I'm in God's will, maybe he loves me, maybe he doesn't. But the reality of it is, is that God does not desire for us to be constrained in these rules and regulations, that the things that God has placed before us are to set us free. And, and so, <laughs> like three claps, it was great. Um, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> okay. See, because we don't just... Be in relationship with God because we feel like we're obligated to. We're in relationship with God because of our love for him. And it's not even out of something that we've done, but it's because God loved us first. And it's what we've received and it's what we've been given. And so in turn, then we're able to love him. And so so God chose Mary because her heart was inclined to God. That he could trust her with this great responsibility. Right? People think that Christianity is restricting. You know what I mean? Like, like, I can't do this. I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't do bad things with people. You know? Like, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But, um, like, right? We feel like we can't do all of these things. But I can tell you that when I gave my life to Jesus, it was the most freeing thing that I ever did. That the things that he said that I couldn't do were for my benefit. Right, when you think about a child and a parent, right, he's looking at the stove and he's like, I like that fire, right? And he's like, he's like, I want to touch that fire, you know? And and the kid is like, it looks good, it looks like it'll be fun, right? But the parent knows that the fire will burn him. In the same way in our relationship with God, that we have a father, we might look at things, oh, that looks like it's fun. That looks good. I want to touch it, right? <laughs> and then and then God's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the fire, sweetheart. It'll burn you. And so I still have the choice. I'm like, I'm going to touch it anyways, right? But, like, it'll burn me. And so that's, that's what the, the, 
the reason why we, we have the word of God is not to restrict us, but it's to give us a freer way of living, to say that, hey, yeah, I might live a little differently than the rest of the world, but it's, it's not to hurt me. It's, it's, for my, it's because of God's love for me that he does this for me. We also see that the character of Mary was humble. Her humility was what brought her exaltation, right? Like she, she was exalted. She was given this great responsibility because she was so humble. Because she was the one who would say, God, I don't deserve this calling, but you chose me anyway. Right? I think some of us in here think we're entitled to the calling that God has for us. God does not owe us anything. That he sent his son Jesus, and that was way more than enough. That we were sinners, that we were once lost, but guess what? God sent a savior Jesus, and now we've been found, and he doesn't owe us anything. But he still gives us everything. And that's like the greatest love on earth, right? And so, there's this character that Mary has, right? See, some of us in here wonder why we're not getting a promotion at work. Or we wonder why our business is not thriving. Or we wonder why uh, we're getting bad grades in school, right? We're like, I'm trying, right? But maybe, maybe you're doing things under the table. Or maybe you might be trying to cheat off the smartest kid in class. And no matter how hard you try, you still get bad grades. But if it's honoring to the Lord, that's when he blesses things. See, character still matters. This isn't in my notes, but I think we live in a culture today where people don't care about character. It's like, I'm going to do what I want to do in order for me to be elevated, for myself to, you know, to, to be seen, for people to know who I am, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. I don't care who I hurt. I don't care, uh, I don't care if, you know, if the people behind me are falling flat on their face. But God cares about character. He cares that, you know, you might be running, you might be running, and guess what? Somebody behind you might need help. And if we don't turn and actually help them, what makes you think that God's going to bless you in the way that you're still running? Because God cares more about people than he cares about your, your promotion. God cares more about your character. He cares more about you as a person than he cares about people seeing you. And so if he's got you in hiding, if he's got you in secret, it has nothing to do with you, has all to do with your character. Character still matters. Okay. So, Mark chapter 15, um, we see in this passage of scripture um, that, that this is where Jesus is crucified, then he's buried in the tomb, and then he's resurrected. And in verse 40, we see that um, Mary was a witness to the death of her son. Like Mary's son, right? The man who lived a sinless, perfect, spotless life was brutally beaten beyond recognition. Like the son that Mary raised, the son that, that, was, that she, she bore in her womb, right? Like she watched him grow up. She had to witness her own son be martyred beyond recognition. Like, she had to look at the cross and be like, that's not my Jesus. You know, like, that's not my son. That's not what he looked like. Like, we see this, uh, this image of, of Jesus who's like this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like, little dainty Jesus hanging up on the cross, right? But that's not who Jesus was. Jesus was like, a, 
he was a man's man. Like, he was, like, strong. He was, he was bronze-skinned. He was this man who was mighty, but he was so humble and meek, right? This is our Jesus. And so she's, she's seeing this Jesus who has an excruciating death. And she had to watch her son endure this. Now, I'm not a parent, but I can't imagine what that would be like. Like, if you're a parent in here, like, imagine seeing one of your children being whipped, being spat on, being beaten, blood coming from all parts of his body, flesh being torn away, his face unrecognizable. Imagine your child. I'm no parent, but I don't think I'd ever want to see that. And so Mary is enduring this, right? The son that she raised and that she loved so dearly was being put to death for crimes that he didn't even do. I mean, it's one thing, I guess, if you're guilty, but if you're not guilty, she knew her son was innocent and she could do nothing about it. You see, I think that what Mary would teach us in this moment of her greatest agony was this. It's number three, take heart. Resurrection day is coming. Be reminded of his faithfulness. You see, yeah, Mary had to go through extreme anguish, right? But she knew the rest of the story. She knew that her son was the savior of the world, and she knew that what, what had been spoken to her before would, become, would come to pass. See, God even prepared her for this moment. When, when Jesus was 12, <clears throat> Mary and Joseph and Jesus and all of their relatives and all of their acquaintances, they went up to Jerusalem because they, uh, they would go there every year for the Passover feast, right? And um, they, would get the, they would go there. They would have to walk because, you know, it's a long time ago. They didn't have cars and Ubers, you know. Um, so they had to walk a really long way. So they get there, right? And if you're a parent, feel good about this. They lost Jesus. Okay, they lost Jesus. If you lose your kid in the grocery store, don't feel bad. Mary and Joseph lost the son of the world, the son of God, you know. Like, imagine being like, God, I lost God, you know. Like, how do you explain that to him? Um, you don't. You just, you know. You just ask for forgiveness. But um, so, they're, so they're in Jerusalem. They're going to Passover feast. And then they go back. They're going back, right? And it's already been a day's journey. And they're like, where's Jesus? A whole day went by. And they're like, where's Jesus? You know? But in this, in this, in this instance, don't think, you know, it's not that terrible. Because they had assumed that because they're walking in such a big crowd of people, you know, Jesus is hanging out with his teenage buddies, and they're all hanging out with their, you know, parents or whatever. You know, it's like 4th of July where your kids are in the pool, and you're sipping some Sprite. And so, you know, like, it's, it's, all, it's all fun and dandy, right? So this is, this is the image, sort of, of what is going on here. And they're like, where's Jesus? And they're like, well, he's not here, so we got to go back to Jerusalem. So they go back to Jerusalem, right? Go back to Jerusalem. After they realized, you know, and they find Jesus three days after he was missing. Three days after he was missing. So this is kind of a paraphrase, but Mary, so they find Jesus and Mary's like, boy, how you gonna scare us like that? Like, why you do that, you know? And Jesus is like, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And um, I'm like, dang, Jesus. He's like, telling her. But He's, he's right. Like, he had to be about his father's business because it was preparing her for what was to come. 
It then goes on to say that Mary stored all of these things up in her heart. So, so when Jesus is being crucified and he's put to death, Mary had this stored up in her heart that she lost Jesus once, but three days later, he was found. Does that remind you of a story? That Jesus was crucified, that she lost him again, but she knew that three days later, he would be found. Isn't scripture so cool? Like, oh my gosh, like, God was preparing her for this moment long before she even knew when it would come. And so, I think some of us in here, right, we think that we're going through too much to handle. And we feel like, you know, like, God has brought me through some things before, but man, I don't know if he'll get me through this again. Right? Like, did you store it up in your heart? Because if you did, you can remind yourself. Because I know that, right, like, moving all the way to St. George, Utah, with no friends or no family, has been super difficult. Right? And there's been moments where I've wanted to quit and go home. Well, not home. Back to Florida. Because this is home now. Got to remind myself. What's up? So, right? And so, like, so I had to store these things up in my heart to say, no, God, you were faithful then. You were faithful every single time. And so, God, I have to trust that you're going to be faithful in the next, in the next, in the next, in the next. Because sometimes we get so caught up in how we're feeling and what we want to do, when we want to quit, when we want to give up, when things seem too hard, when we feel like we can't handle it, guess what? You probably can't. You want to know what the, the, I think the worst saying that people say God won't give you more than you can handle. Yes, he will. God will give you more than you can handle all the time. Why? Because you need him to handle it. If you could handle it on your own, you wouldn't need him. That's why we have him. So, yes, you're going to get more than you can handle. But that teaches you reliance and dependency and obedience and trust and to see that God will be faithful every single time. faithfulness that Mary knew that the resurrection day was coming that she knew that her her son Jesus the savior of the world who was sinless and spotless that he would raise again one day and that he would take his throne and that he would still be the king of kings and lord of lords because she knew she knew who God was She trusted that that resurrection day was coming. So don't be discouraged where you are now. You feel like giving up? Feel like quitting? Feel like it's too much? There's more. There's better. That God will always get you through it. Because that's who he is. That's who he is. Amen? Amen? look quiet in here right now so I think the final thing that Mary would say to us is this is that the purpose of life is always to point people toward the resurrection of Jesus purpose of life is always to point people toward the resurrection of Jesus Luke 24 verse 1 it says this but on the first day of the week at early dawn they went to the tomb Taking the spices they had prepared, it was, it was uh, spices, pre- 
spices being prepared was like a sign of um, what they would do for funerals. So that's how they would bury their dead. Um, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. This is talking about the women. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. So in all honesty, um, both of the Marys in this passage are not Mary, the mother of Jesus. (laughs) And it's speculated that you know, the other women with him was Mary, the mother of Jesus. So I honestly cannot tell you whether or not Mary, the mother of Jesus, actually was there. But I think that she would still tell us that the purpose in life is still to point people to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the resurrection is what gives us life, right? Because if Jesus was still dead, all of this would be pointless, right? Like, oh, great, just another one crucified, just another one in the grave, Because back then in the culture, a lot of people claimed to be the Messiah. A lot of people claimed to be the Savior of the world. But only one raised from the grave. Only one defeated death. Only one took our sins upon him. Only one gave us a new life. And that is Jesus of Nazareth, son of Mary and Joseph. That's the God that we serve. And I think so often, sometimes us Christians, we walk around like Jesus is still in the grave. We're like, man, just another day. Just another day on this earth where things are bad and, you know, the news says all of this, that there's earthquakes and tsunamis and hurricanes and we're all going to die in 2020 anyway. I hope not, but, right, like, we walk around with the weight of the world on our shoulders like, like Jesus didn't raise from the grave. But he did. Like, that's great news. Like, Jesus rose from the grave. And so as Christians, right, like, if I'm on the outside looking in and I just see a whole bunch of people who are like, yep, Jesus is good. Jesus is cool. Yep, he rose from the grave, but I'm not enjoying life. I'm not free. I still feel like I'm bound. I still feel like I'm the same person I once was. From the outside looking in, I probably wouldn't want to become a Christian too. But if we had the excitement, if we got excited about what Jesus has done for us, man, what would people see? Like if they saw life in us, what would they see? They would want that, right? Like my goodness, like like Jesus has changed my life and I'm going to tell the world about it because he's changed me, right? Like, Like I'm not the same person I once was. I was mad. I was bitter. I was angry. I was frustrated. I didn't have any answers. I reacted out of my feelings and my emotions. I could care less about the person on the side of the road. 
but Jesus. Like I, I get excited about Jesus because he's changed my entire life. He has changed my entire life that I'm not the same person that I once was. And if he's done that for you, walk like it. Walk confidently, walk into rooms like, yeah, yeah, I once was that person, but guess what, I'm different now. I'm a different person that, yeah, maybe you once knew me back in my high school days, you once knew me back in my college days, but I'm not that person anymore. I'm a new person, I'm a new creation that Jesus has given me everything that I could ever need. And so Mary, the mother of Jesus, the mother who, who, who was humble, and she was meek. She's the mother of Jesus, but she was still saved by him. That Mary needed a savior just as much as the next person. Mary's probably a greater woman than I will ever be. But man, I pray to God that I would walk like she would. That she had compassion, that she loved. She cared about people. She raised the son of God. I mean, that's pretty big. Thankfully, we don't have to do that. Because God has sent his spirit for us. We've been, given, we've been given all the power that we need to walk out this life successfully, to run this race with endurance, right? So I've seen too many people that I may have went to college with or may have worked with or may have hung out with in high school that they were, look, they were chasing after the Lord but something else caught their eye and Jesus is here and he's like hey hey I'm right here and they're looking over here and I want everyone in this room to run that race to finish it that when you get to the end of your life that you're not going to be you're not going to regret it. That you're not going to regret what you could have done here. Because we're just passing through, y'all. We've got an eternity left. I don't know how much time that is, but it seems like a lot. Now, if I've got that much time, I think I want to spend it with Jesus. Because if he's done this much for me here, I can't even imagine how great it's going to be when I see him face to face and everything just makes sense. So can we make a commitment that today we're going to walk a little bit differently? That yeah, this challenges us a little bit. But I'd rather be challenged a little bit on earth than to look Jesus in the face one day and have to say I'm sorry. Like, let's walk out into the city and let's change St. George forever that it would no longer no longer be held captive to what, what is here right but that we would we'd be people who spread joy and light and peace and grace and love and we wouldn't judge people but that we would love people and through that love Jesus would change them that we don't have to be anybody's saviors. We have somebody to do that for us. But we are called to be the vessel. Amen. All right, I'm gonna pray for us. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are.
I thank you that you are good and that you have given us all that we need to walk out this life. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here. I thank you for just your presence. I thank you for allowing us to look at the life of Mary, the woman that you chose to raise the Savior of the world. And that seems like great responsibility. But God, we know that you have called us to do greater things than even Jesus did here. You say it in your word. And Lord, I pray that we would fall in love with your word. That your word speaks truth when we forget. It gives us peace when when we don't know which way to turn. But God, we know that you are always faithful. And we know it through your word. Jesus, I pray that we would store up all of the treasures in our heart about all of the things that you've done for us so that when things get hard, that we would be able to take out little things and be reminded of your faithfulness, that you have more for us, that you are so good, regardless of circumstances, regardless of how we're feeling, you are so good. Jesus, I can't wait. I cannot wait to spend eternity with you one day. But while I'm here passing through, God, I pray that we would just be your vessels to spread your love, your grace, and your forgiveness. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just ask that we stay in that attitude of prayer right now. Because I believe that there are people here that want to make that decision for the first time or the first time in a long time to follow Jesus. To understand who he truly is. And if that is you, I just want to, I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation, but I... I just, I want to know who I'm praying with and stand in agreement with you. So on the count of three, I just ask that you would raise your hands so that we can know who we're praying with. One, two, three. That's you that needs to make a decision. Thank you. Okay, if you made that decision, I just ask that you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ to die on that cross, to pay for my sins, to be the sacrifice for me. Jesus, I thank you for everything that you did up on that cross for me so that I didn't have to. I thank you for the freedom I get to live in because of what you did up on that cross. And I confess with my mouth right now, and I believe in my heart, that you are my Lord and Savior. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you will go with me, you will guide me, you will direct me, and you will go before me and lead me in the direction that God is calling me to go. And I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.